Bibles tonight, would you shout a hearty amen? amen. And if you're online, and you, hopefully you get your Bible out now, you see, why do you do that? Because, I'm telling you, I hope by this time, being here almost 15 years, you have enough confidence in me that I'm going to preach the Bible. But you always ought to have your Bible ready when someone's speaking. You want to make sure what they're saying is right. And uh, just don't take things for granted. You ought to always have your Bible ready and, and uh, open. And I uh, hope you'll have that tonight. We're going to look in the book of James tonight. And uh, we're going to start in chapter 1. And when I first got here, almost 15 years ago, um, I preached through this book on purpose. Now, I'm not planning on preaching through it again now, but I wanted to bring out this passage this, this evening because the Lord just put it on my heart. And, uh, you know, it's an amazing thing uh, how God works and He wants to speak to us. Now, I'm planning on this month preaching on what the Word of God is likened to in the Bible, what the Word of God is likened to. Uh, I don't know exactly how I'm going to do that yet, but I've got at least seven. Uh, probably going to start out, it's likened to, to a sword. And so we're going to look at that. It's likened to a hammer. <laughs> That's not too fun, is it? It's likened unto light, light our path, a lamp. It's likened unto food. It's likened unto a mirror. And boy, sometimes when we look in the mirror, we don't like what we see, do we? But I'm planning on preaching on that. Probably seven different messages on what the Word of God is likened unto. So, if the Word of God is being preached, then there's no doubt you're going to get pierced. If the Word of God's being preached, there's no doubt you're going to be hammered. If the Word of God's being preached, then you're going to be given light. If the Word of God is being preached, you're going to be given food. And uh, so on and so on. I have seven of them. And I'm really asking the Lord to help me because I want to bring out some real pastoral things for our church. So I'm asking that you'll pray with me. But tonight is a message that I, want to, that I feel the Lord has led me to preach to be a help. So I hope, no matter where you are, if you're in this building tonight, I hope you'll do your very best to listen. If you're online, I hope and pray you'll do your very best to listen. I want you to look in James chapter 1, and let's look at verse number 1, and let's begin reading there. And Here's the title, So You Want to Grow. <laughs> so, you want to grow? There's a process for it. It's not one I would choose, by the way. It's not one I would choose, but it's God's way. Look at verse 1. James, a servant of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now when you see the word perfect in the word of God, that means mature. You're maturing. So hence the message. So you want to grow? I don't believe anybody gets saved and desires to stay a baby Christian. 
But sadly, it happens. Notice what the Bible says in verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away. Once you look at verse 12, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Heavenly Father, I pray you'll help us tonight. Speak to us in Jesus' name, amen. So you want to grow. Do you want to grow? The world's tough. There's no doubt about it. But in Jesus, we don't have to be victims. We can be victors. Trials can be overcome in triumph. Jesus overcame the world, the Bible says, and he wants us to help us to do the same. Now, the book of James is, is just right down where we live. I mean, just practical stuff. I mean, there's just so many, so many helpful things if, we will apply what we read and learn in the book of James to our life. It doesn't do any good to read this book and to go over these pastor scripture if we do not apply the truths and the principles of the things that we have learned that God's given us. So here's the question tonight. How many of us want to grow as Christians? If you want to grow as a Christian, would you say amen? Well, I do too. So let me just say this. Get ready. Get buckled up. Because God has a process for that, and it's not one that we would choose. We find it here in verse 2. What is the process? Here it is, verse 2. It's trials. It's trouble. That word trial there just simply means trouble, or that word temptation means trial. Look at verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptation. And we're going to break that verse down, but this is the process. This is the process. It's trials. It's when we fall into divers' temptations and the trials count it all joy. This is God's process. You say, Pastor, I want to grow as a Christian. Then get ready because you're going to go through some trials. You're going to go through some trouble. That's God's way. I wish it wasn't His way, but it's His way. That's His process. And so I want you to notice a few things about these trials. Number one, the facts. Here's the facts. We find it in verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy if you fall into divers' temptations. Not if, when. There's facts. The only sure thing, and I'm not trying to be ugly here tonight. I'm not trying to be a pessimist, but I'm just going to be honest with you. The only sure thing that the world offers us is what? Trouble. We will have pain. We're going to have physical pain. We're going to have emotional pain. We're going to have fear. We're going to have frustration. We're going to have disappointment. We're going to have discouragement. We're going to have disease and even death. That's the world we live in. And all of us have faced this. 
in some form or another. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I'm so young. I haven't dealt with any discouragement yet. Well, just hold on. You will. And, and I'm not trying to say that to make you depressed or discouraged. We know that it's coming, so we ought to get geared up for it. And God's process in this is for our good, not our harm. And, and there's a lot of things here. But Job 14.1 says, Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of blessings. Full of trouble. So the next time you turn on the television and you have one of them prosperity gospel preachers that's telling you that God only is going to bless your life all the time and you ain't got no troubles, he's lying to you. That's not practical. That's not even truth. I don't care how spiritual you are, you're going to have trouble because you live in a sin-cursed body and we live in a sin-cursed world. Acts 14.22 says this, exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. Now, the truth, if, if the truth is this. When we get saved, some people have this idea, well, we're never going to have any trouble. Well, that's not true. We know that many times once we get saved, we become a bigger target for the devil. But being a born-again Christian doesn't exempt us from trouble. But here's the blessing. But it does mean that we have a new friend. We have a new father to walk along with us and to help us and to guide us and to give us the light and to encourage us when we don't, we don't have any strength. And he can give us hope when we feel hopeless. And he can give us help when we feel helpless. I'm thankful even though we go through trials and we go through hurts and we go through pain, we have a heavenly father that is helping us and never leaves us. So we need to claim his victory. We don't have to live under the circumstances. So we see the facts. The facts are when you fall into diverse temptations. It's going to happen. That's a fact. Number two, I want you to notice the forms. James 1-2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Now let me give you what that word diverse means. That's a word that means multicolored. Multicolored. In other words, it, it, our, our trials, our troubles, they come in all colors, all shapes, all sizes, all degrees. My trouble might not be your trouble. Your trial might not be my trial. My trial's not like yours, and your trial's not like mine. Now, some of them are the same, and some of them might say, oh, that's exactly what I went through, but we're all different, so trials are multicolored. I can't help it. i got to be careful. I need to remember where I'm at. I'm in Tennessee, so I've got to pronounce that word properly. It's multicolored. Because what I want to say is it's multicolored. And I, every time I hear myself say that, I think of Roy Brockett because we were in the gym. I even told Miss Carolyn this the other day. We went and seen her right before Christmas and we was over at the gym and we were looking over there getting ready to remodel the building and I was walking around pointing stuff and I said, we need to change that collar and we need to do this. And, and Roy hadn't been here long and he was walking around and I, could, I was like, what's wrong with him? And he finally walked up to Jim Beeler and said, what in the world? What is a collar? What do we got to change a collar? He said he don't say it right. It's he wants to change the color. He was looking for some collar up in the gym. I said, no, the paint. But I want you to know it's multicolored. 
our trials, our troubles. And by the way, we try to laugh a little bit because the truth is, we're all, listen, we're all going to go through trials and you better laugh when you can because my mother said it all the times, you better laugh when you can because you're going to do plenty of crying. Why? Because these troubles, these trials come in all colors, they come in all shapes, they come in all sizes, they come in all degrees. And so these are the forms. And let me just go over a couple of other things. James was writing to this group of people here that were scattered abroad because of the trial of persecution. They were being hunted like animals and hunted and killed. So when he spoke to these people and said, hey, count it all joy that you're... You're running from your life. You're running for your life. People are trying to kill you. He said, count it all joy. They were being troubled by persecution. Hey, maybe our trial tonight is finances. Maybe our trial tonight is a physical one. Maybe our trial tonight is a, is a relationship one. Maybe our trial tonight is emotional. Maybe it's all of them. And by the way, and it could be because of our own choosing. Maybe it's because we've made a bad choice. Maybe we've sinned. Maybe we're dealing with trouble right now because somebody else we love sinned. And by the way, we can have troubles and trials because of our own choices. Can I say, if we conduct our finances in ways that's contrary to what God teaches us, then we're going to suffer for it. We don't need to blame God for it. He's already told us. If we conduct our marriage in a way differently than what God has commanded us to do, then listen, we shouldn't wonder why we're struggling when it falls apart. There's choices that we make. But I don't want to leave you there in the dark. I want you to know, even though that there are things and we're dealing with trials and trouble because of people's sin, and even because of maybe of our own choices, God still has a plan for you. Our mind is not focused and it's focused on everything else and anything except what God wants us to be focused on and we don't say no to the things that we ought to say no to, then we shouldn't be surprised when our emotions go haywire. So we could be going through a trial tonight because of our own doing, our own choices or someone else's choice. But you know what? There are three categories of trials. I want to give them to you. Number one, we could be going through a trial. He said, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diver's temptation, multicolored. I mean, there's different kinds of trouble. But I want you to know, I believe there are three categories of trials that we're going to go through. Number one, we realize and know that we are going to have trials and they come from God. You say, oh, wait a minute, Pastor. He loves us just the way we are. Yes, he does, but he loves us too much to leave us that way. Remember, I asked you this question a moment ago. How many of you want to grow? Well, listen to me. That process is not painless. That process is not one that does not have pain in it. Why? Because God does love us and He cares, but He loves us too much to leave us in that state. He wants something better for us. And so I want you to know He will allow a trial to come into our life to mold us and to shape us, and He will put us through the fire to purify us. By the way, you ever been burned? Fire's not pleasant. By the way, that's another one of the words that I'm going to preach on because the Bible speaks of itself that it is like a fire. It burns. 
And by the way, the Word of God should burn the dross in our lives. And we know when we go through a trial, God puts us through the fire that He might uh, purify us unto Him uh, to be a more holy vessel. Hey, He will put us on the rack, what, to stretch us. He wants us to live by faith, but a faith that is not tested is not trusted. So yes, trials come from God. By the way, you say, Pastor, give me scripture and verse, so I'll give you a biblical example. What about Abraham? Abraham was already trusting God. He was already living by faith. But God said, I want you to get up early in the morning. I want you to take your only son of promise, and I want you to take him, and I want you to have him and go kill him. You're going to go sacrifice him. Now, some people have the idea that God was trying to figure out what Abraham was made of. God already knew what Abraham was made of. God wasn't trying to be assured. Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you what that trial was all about. That was a test for Abraham. That wasn't a test for God to be assured. God already knew. But that was something that Abraham had to go through so his faith would be stronger. Could you imagine from that point on in Abraham's life, he probably balked at the little stuff. Why? He said, I'm going to tell you right now, boys, I had, to ha- I had my knife getting ready to take my own son's life, and God came through. Could you imagine how many times in life he could go back to that moment and his faith was strengthened because it was tested? See, what we do, we go through trouble. What we need to remember is how God's brought us through things in the past. We need to be reminded of our trials of the past that God has always came through. And what does God do? He brings these in in our lives for us to know that He can be trusted. A trial from God, it's a test. Trials can make us better. Sadly, they can make us bitter. And by the way, I've been around people both, both ways. I'd rather be around the ones that are better There are some people, I don't understand it, some people, and God bless their heart, for some reason there are some people that go through more trouble than others. I don't understand it. But boy, I tell you what, when you're around someone like that and they've been through it and they've allowed the Lord to do the testing in their life and their faith becomes stronger, boy, they're such a blessing to be around. They're convicting to be around. They have every right to be bitter, but they have, every, they have everything in their body and in their soul and in their heart. They say, oh, no, I'm not going to be bitter. I'm just going to trust the Lord. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. See, some fall out of church when they have trials. Here's what they'll say. Well, you just don't know what I've been through, and you're right, I don't. You don't know what I'm going through. You're right, I don't. But I'm going to say this. If we ever need to be in church and around God's people, it's when we're going through a trial. Anybody can praise God on the mountaintop. But God's watching us in the valley. And that's where we pass or fail the test. Don't let, write this quote down don't let the wind of trouble blow you away from God oh I love this don't let the wind of trouble blow you away from God but rather let it blow you into the very arms of God run to Jesus run to Jesus my wife and I were talking the other day and I'm just going to be honest with you I'm going to reveal some things of how we talk very personal and we deal with things in our own life we try to help other people in their lives and I said you know and we were talking and she's like Mark I'm going to be honest with you the greatest advice that we can give people most people won't listen 
When you go through something in your life, when I go through something in my life, I've learned through life that I can do and try a lot of things. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Our greatest response when we go through trouble is we better get to Jesus. He'll be our portion. He'll be our stay. Can I say, some tests and trials, they come from God. Can I say this, there's trials from Satan. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 18. I heard a message on this passage years ago. Wherefore we would have come unto you, but here's what the Apostle Paul said. But Satan hindered us. So hey, I'm telling you right now, Satan can hinder you. He can put a test in your life. He can put a trial in your life. There's things that he can do. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 7 says this, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. I heard Dr. Sexton one time preach a powerful message. He made this statement. He said, Satan's God's little messenger boy. Many times we don't look at it like that, but let me just say, it just depends on how we respond to it. Can I say God tests us to bring out our best. Satan tempts us to bring out our worst. Hey, I want you to know something. God wants to help us stand. Hey, Satan brings temptations and things in our life because he wants us to stumble. Hey, I want you to know God means it for our maturity. Hey, remember what I asked you a moment ago. How many of you want to grow? So you want to grow, that means you're going to mature. So when you go through a trial, when you go through problems, when you go through trouble, God means it for our perfection, our maturity. But listen to me, Satan means it and wants it for our misery. And boy, there's been a many of Christians that has fallen out of love with Jesus and they've quit trusting the Lord because of the misery of a trial. Instead of maturing in it, God help us. A trial from Satan. Then can I just say, another category of trials and just trouble is just simply this. We live in a cursed world. So it's a trial that comes from the curse. This world is cursed because of sin. And the bad things happen. And it may not be personal sin in your life. It might not be somebody else's personal sin. It's it's here on earth. Things go bad. Why? Because it's sinful. When you look at this world right now, it's not the way God intended it. When he created, this is not what it was supposed to be. But because of man's sin, we wrecked it. Can I say sometimes trials can't be blamed on God. Trials can't be blamed even on Satan. And trials can't even be blamed on ourselves or someone that's fallen into sin. Can I say to y'all tonight that if I was to happen and I haven't been and don't plan on going for some time anyway, I am going to have to go here for long because my granddaughter wants some trout. Boy, that's a good excuse to go, isn't it? We'll pull them all out to go. But I'm going to tell y'all right now, I'm getting older. If I go up on the Hiawassee River, I love to wade. But that's a hard river to wade. But when I wade that river, I'll get up through there, man, I'll wade. And I can promise you this, if I fish that river two or three, four hours, when I get home that night and go to bed, I wake up sore. You know why? Because I'm in a sin-cursed body. I can't blame that on anybody else. I can't blame that on Satan. I'm going to have to go through a trial of physical uh, soreness. Why? Because of just this old sin-cursed world. Can I say whatever form your trial takes, we have this promise from God that he has overcome the world. And I want you to know he has gained the victory and he wants to share it with us. Could you imagine? Tomorrow morning, 
if we all get up, and we're all getting up early tomorrow, but let's say that it's on a Saturday. We like to do breakfast on Saturdays. Let's say that I'm sitting at the table, and my wife looks at me, and she says, Honey, close your eyes and open your mouth. I want to give you something. And she shoves a big old spoonful of Crisco in my mouth. Well, the first thing I'm going to do is just like you, I would hope, I'm going to spit that stuff out. But then if I was sitting there and she said, hey, honey, here, do it again. She said, open your mouth, close your eyes. And she shoved a big old spoonful of flour in my mouth. And then God help us if she told me to take a swig of buttermilk. I know some of y'all like buttermilk. Amen. Some of you need to get right with God. Amen. I know. For some, of, My grandma used to drink that stuff like it was going out of style, man. I had to... But I'm going to tell you all right now, all those things to me would taste nasty by themselves. But you put them all together, you sure can have some good biscuits. And here's the point. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. See, your trial, no matter what form it is, I can promise you this, and we know that all things work together for good. You say, Pastor Mark, you don't understand. I'm going through something right now. My life's about to kill me. It's, it's taste so bad, yes, but let God have it. That's his way. That's his way. The forms of trials. James 1, 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers, temptations that word fall into means this I, as I look this up it helped me and I'm not a big Greek man but I can look up Greek words or look words up into Greek and uh, here's the meaning of it here's the meaning the root word it's a sudden fall that's unexpected in other words things are going great and all of a sudden man the whole floor just drops out suddenly so let's look at that verse my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. So when you fall, when you encounter something you wasn't expecting, and man, it happened all of a sudden. You were sailing smooth seas, and the sun was shining, and all of a sudden, it hits you. Here's what he said. See, many times the trials of life come up suddenly like a storm that comes out of nowhere. Could be a phone call. It could be news that you didn't aware of or you got some information that you weren't aware of and to be fair, you wish you'd never known it. But you know what? Things like that change our lives. And in a, in a minute, in a second, I mean just in a second, our lives can change and it changes them forever. But remember, God has a process. How many of y'all want to grow? Fact, we're going to have trials. The forms may vary. Number three, quickly, and I'm going to close, the fruit. If God could stop all of our trouble and trials, and by the way, he could, why doesn't he? I've thought about that 100,000 times in my life. Lord, why? Nothing happens or is allowed unless he allows it. But why? I'm going to give you something here that's going to probably shock you and make your mouth drop. But I'm using scripture. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptation. Number one, why? Because for our enjoyment. What? Pastor, are you telling me that God brings trials and things into my life for me to enjoy? That's what he says. He says, count it all joy. 
Now hear me. This takes great faith to understand how this plan works. But you see, here it is. We say, what can't be cured must be endured. But you know what God says? What can't be cured should be enjoyed. He's not telling us to fake it till we make it. By the way, there's things of duty, but that's not what he's talking about here. He wants us to share in his world this overcoming power. See, in the gospel according to John, he says, I have overcome the world. He wants to share his victory with us. And I want you to know something. Only God can make this plan work. And I'm going to tell you something. When you stand on the other side of that trial, when you stand on the other side of that you can look back and you can say, oh, my soul, I realize this. In the, ma- in the middle of my storm, Jesus Christ became so much more precious to me. They're to be enjoyed. Why else? Why, did, why does he allow us? Why, why, why is this process for our enjoyment? Yes, but number two, for our endurance. Look at James 1.3, knowing this. Now, here it is. This is powerful. Knowing this, not thinking this, maybe this, or this might be what it is. No, James says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. <laughs> you know what that means? It's to bear up under. That's what that word means, to bear up under. In other words, endurance. I'm going to tell you all this right now. Y'all want to know why the Christian faith is in a mess today and churches aren't what they used to be? Because I'm going to tell you right now, they just ain't people of endurance, man. They just get weak and quit with the smallest of things. I'm going to be honest with y'all. Everybody has their feelings on their sleeves today. I'm going to be honest. Y'all do me a favor. Y'all listen to preachers 60 years ago. I'm going to tell y'all right now, probably most of our church people, people in church like I, wouldn't take it. They wouldn't take it. They'd be offended. They would be. Because, man, I'm telling you, I'm afraid that we, we've allowed everything to get to us. That God allows us. You know, by the way, I know this is a dying day. I hope it's not. But look, boys ought to get tough. They're going to go through some tough things in life. And I'm going to be honest with you, that's one of the goals. I, I love my little grandson. But one of the things, man, I try to toughen him up. I say to him all the time, I say, boy, you're you going to have to get tough. Quit that whining. Quit that whining. Hey, get tough. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And a lot of times we go through trials and God says, look, I'm trying to toughen you up. I'm trying to get you to have some endurance. See, he wants us to have some endurance. He wants us to have some patience. And have you ever said, Lord, I wish I were a stronger Christian. I wish I had more faith. <laughs> get ready. Good news. (laughs) Here's what he says. I'm going to send you to the gym then. I'm going to send you to the gym. He's going to work you out. Hey, there's going to be some pain, but there's going to be some gain. (laughs) See, muscles are built under stress and pressure. Tissue actually tears and more is grown in its place. 
It amazes me, man. I, I, I'm, I'm being honest. I know people that pump iron. And by the way, I'm not against pumping iron. I'm just, as you can tell, I don't do it. But I've seen some guys, man, I mean, they're like, you know, they just, you know, I seen some the other day on Facebook, you know, they just, you know, I was like, man, if that's not vain, but, you know, shirt off, and I mean, man, they had, they'd been pumped, man, them bangs was popping everywhere, and they were like, yes, I mean, they, they have a neck. And I'm sitting here, man. But you know what's amazing? We live in a day now where guys can endure and do that, man. And then the first little old thing, next thing you know, they're over there pouting somewhere. Or spiritually, so I'll tell you right now, I ain't going to that church anymore because I'm going to tell you right now, that person hurt my feelings. You know what? God allows us to go through things, what? Because if there's no pain, there's no gain. And true, that's true in the spiritual life. God will use trials to exercise our character, help us to grow. And you see, we don't pray for healing until we need it. We don't strive for victory until we find ourselves in a battle. And it's once we realize we're in a race that we need and seek for endurance. And that's the Christian life. Then lastly, I'm going to close. Remember, I asked, how many of you want to grow? You want to grow? Why are these trials? What's the fruits? What's for our enrichment? Look at verse 4. But let patience have her perfect work that she may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now here's that word perfect twice, mature. Mature. How does God mature people up? How does he mature people up spiritually? I'm going to tell you why. God uses trial to mature us to something more than we were. Get it. That's his process. I'll never forget it, and I'm going to close with this. I'll never, 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 never forget it. I was sitting in Bible college, and Dr. Sex, for the very first time, he said, I was a young preacher, and he said, I was, he said there was a great preacher that would come to the area. He said, a man, everybody was going to go there. We were excited to go and, and hear this man preach. And he said, we all got there, and he said, I got up there late, or right about on time. He didn't get there late, but he got there a little bit early, but not early enough, and he had to set up in the balcony. He said, I'll never forget, I was set up in that balcony. He said, that preacher that everybody come to hear preach. He said, he's a great man of God. He said, he, they called his name and he come up to the pulpit and he said he couldn't even talk. He was weeping so bad. He said he was weeping so bad that he could not even speak. And he said, obviously you could tell that he was heartbroken. He said, finally, he got himself together a little bit. He said, I just want all of y'all to know. He said, I apologize. He said, but before coming to this meeting tonight, he said, I followed my son to every nasty hole in this city from one thing to another on drugs. He said, he's living. And he said, I've watched my son go to all of these places. He said, and he's ruining his life. And he has been for years. He said, about that time, he said, finally, when that man finally got... Uh, able to speak. He said, that man started to preach. He said he preached out of a broken heart. And I'll never forget what Pastor Sexton said. He said, I want to be so used of God. He said, I want to be used like that man. But he said, I realized something that night. He said, I wanted to be mature. He said, I wanted to be used of God. But he said, I didn't want that. I didn't want that. I didn't want the brokenness. I didn't want the tears. I didn't want the heartache. I didn't want the trouble. I didn't want the pain. But he said, I realized that night as a, as a young preacher, I couldn't get that. I couldn't be that man of God or that mature Christian without that. 
same with us. Final little positive footnote there. Several years later, he was in a restaurant. This preacher was in the same restaurant. He said there was a group of men around him sitting at a table. And he said, Dr. Sexton now is a pastor of a pretty large church himself. He walked up to this man and said, hey, I just want to introduce, you, introduce myself. He said, I heard you many, many years ago. He said, you were broken hearted. And he said, I want you to know God used you mightily that night. He said, can I just ask, how's your son? He said, he turned to his left and the man sitting at his table, he said, son, would you stand? And he shook Pastor Sexton's hand. He said, would I like to introduce you to my son? He's our assistant pastor. See, trials are for our enrichment. You want to be mature? 1 Peter 5.10, But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory, by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Listen to me, church. It's his way. It's not my way. I, I, listen, I've heard enough hurt. I've taken enough phone calls. Listen to me. It's not my way. I wish I could take away everybody's hurt. I wish I could take away everybody's trial. I wish I could take away other people's sin. I wish I would never sin. Listen to me, but I want you to know something. When God says that he wants to mature you, he will use trouble in your life if you will respond to it properly. Let us make it Help us to make us better, not bitter. Amen? It's for our enrichment. There will fruit that will come. Our faith, if it's never tested, it can't be trusted. God help us. Let's allow the Lord. Let's see the Lord, not the trouble. Let's see the Lord. Let's see the Lord. What is he going to do here? What are we going to trust him to do here? All right, Lord, I'm coming to you again. I'm in another fix. I'm in another mess. And maybe, maybe tonight you're in a mess. It's not even your fault. Somebody else has been taken to the Lord and let him strengthen you. Let him mature you. I can promise you this. People will fail you. He will never. Let's trust him. Amen. How many of y'all want to be mature? How many of y'all want to grow? So you want to grow? He's got a process for that trials but oh let's let God use those trials in our life to perfect us to mature us amen let's stand to our feet and we'll close tonight in prayer count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation multicolored problems He said it. He's got a plan. Let's trust him. Amen. Let's bow our heads and let's pray together tonight. Maybe there's something you're going through tonight and you say, Pastor, I've just gotten so weak. Well, then you need to just look to him. He's not doing it for your hurt. I think of that little song. He's got the whole world. In his hands, he's got the whole world. In his hands, he's got the whole world. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. That means you. And we're not a number to him. Aren't you thankful? Heavenly Father, I pray tonight you'll help us now take your word and apply it to our life. We might be going through things tonight. And we can't see anything but darkness. Lord, I pray that we'll count it joy.
we get through the darkness, there's only going to be light. And Lord, I thank you for maturing us. And Lord, there's been a lot of things, in, excuse me, in my life that I wouldn't want to go through again, but I wouldn't take nothing for. And I pray you'll help us now to grow closer to thee and more like thee. And we'll thank you for what you do. Give us all safety tonight as we travel home. We ask it in Jesus' precious name and all God's people said. God bless you. Have a great night. Listen, be here Sunday. Men, sign up for the prayer breakfast. We're going to have a great day on Sunday, so don't miss it. God bless.